0: Welcome to the weekly summaries of the Good Shepherd Bible Study. I am your host, Miller Ansell, the church planning intern. We are a Bible study and longing to be a church plant of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church here in Southwest Houston. So if you're in Southwest Houston, we meet in Stafford at 3211 South Main Street in a church building called Grace Center. We'd love to have you out. Also, please check out our website at gsbiblestudy.org as well as like us on Facebook at Southwest Houston Reformed. This is week 11 in the Sermon on the Mount, finishing up Chapter 6 here in the Gospel of Matthew, starting in verse 19, and in verse 19 through 34, we find Jesus addressing worrying or anxiousness. It seems a little strange coming off on the heels of the hypocrisy that he was addressing, but we see that hypocrisy and anxiety really have the same problem at root And they have the same cure. The problem is that both are too focused on themselves. The person who's a hypocrite is uh, worried about everybody seeing him and noticing him. The person who is anxious is very worried about their sustenance in life or the clothes that they might wear. Which is too much of a focus on oneself and not enough of a focus on God. And so the cure for both hypocrisy and anxiety is to look to the Lord. Look to the God who knows all, who sees all, and who understands all, and rely upon him." And so Jesus gives the diagnosis of anxiety in verses 19 through 24. He says, "'Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal.'" Uh, this moral sickness back uh, to three factors in our lives. First, having our treasure in the wrong place. You might say this treasure, it's uh, what we find our security in. This treasure is what we highly value. And on the uh, outside of it all, we would think this is a very easy decision. Uh, The treasures of earth are not durable as the treasures of heaven are. But of course, our sinful flesh gets in the way And we long for the treasures and possessions of this passing world. And we find that uh, we can build up as much treasure as we want on this earth. It's not going to buy us any kind of lasting happiness. It's not going to buy us any freedom from worry. Uh, It can't buy us love. Uh, People who lay up treasures on earth are unhappy because this happiness only lasts for a short short while. So we are to really build our treasures up uh, where there is only lasting wealth. In heaven, We cannot be persuaded by these so-called Christian groups of the health and wealth that tell us God wants us to be rich and acquire a bunch of wealth on earth. Uh, no, Jesus is clearly teaching that our wealth is to be acquired in heaven. So Jesus prohibits uh, laying up treasures on earth. What exactly is he talking about? Well, he's talking about the selfish accumulation of treasures. Of course, we can sensibly save up for the future, uh, but we cannot save up out of covetousness. So then what are these treasures that we store up in heaven? Uh, it's our good works, most certainly. First uh, Corinthians 13, 13 gives us uh, a hint at this, in which Paul writes, So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. We see that faith, hope, and love abide. These are lasting treasures that we build up in heaven. When we have Faith, hope, and love, Uh, a flood cannot come in and steal your faith. The thief cannot break in and steal your hope. And moth and rust cannot destroy your love. These are activities that need to occupy our minds. Uh, It needs to be what we daydream about, uh, building up treasure in heaven. The second factor that Christ points out that causes us worry is thinking about life in the wrong way. Just as our physical eye is important to our physical body, so is uh, the spiritual eye or the heart. That's what Jesus is getting at in verses 22 and 23. That the heart is the sort of spiritual eye of our spiritual being. And if the eye is good, then our spiritual being will be good as well. It's a lot like reading those eye charts in school and you have the big letter on top and the letters get Uh, more numerous and smaller as you go down the chart. and You go back to your classroom with your buddies and talk about how far you got down the chart. To what line did you read, uh, you would ask. Well, here, if our spiritual eye is good in verse 22, then we should be able to read down to verse 33, to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The third factor that Jesus points out that leads to worry is serving the wrong kind of master in verse 24. Uh, we were made to worship Romans 125 reminds us that all people worship it's a matter though of do we worship the Creator or the creature here Jesus talks about it as God and money which one are we serving and so we're reminded that our stuff is a gift from God but our stuff is never to become our master and so in this first section Jesus is giving us a sort of spiritual checkup he's asking us where is our treasure where is our spiritual focus? And who is our master? Because the wrong answer to all these questions leads to worry and anxiety. And then in verses 25 through 34, he gives the prescription or the cure for it. And he says, do not be anxious three times, verses 25, 31, and 34. And the first reason we're not to be anxious is in verses 25 and 26, that we are look at the whole of life. Christ says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Well, things don't change, do they? Uh, In the first century, when Jesus is preaching this, People are concerned about food, drink, and clothing. Uh, it's still the same today. We see the advertisements everywhere. Gotta have got to have the best fashion, whatever's in style. We want to eat the best and healthiest food. We want to drink the coolest drinks. And Christ says don't concern yourself with those. Don't let them dominate your thoughts. Instead, look at the life around you. Uh, we don't have to worry about having the latest spring or fall fashion because the birds don't store or reap and the Lord takes care of them so how much more will he take care of you? Jesus is using the argument from the lesser to the greater. If God takes care of birds then he will take care of his children. There's no need to worry. The second prescription he gives is to look at the nature of life in verses 27 and 34. Uh, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So our lives are in the Father's hands. We can't forget this we love the sovereignty of god as it's revealed in scripture but we can't forget that that's not just a fun abstract doctrine it actually has real life application and here's that application that our sovereign god knows all and is in control of everything and he will take care of us no matter how much we worry we can't grow taller we can't add time to our lives don't worry about tomorrow there's going to be enough trouble then Just keep pressing on today and trusting in the Lord. The third prescription that Jesus gives in verses 28 through 32 is to look at the Lord's generosity. Jesus says, And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So here we are to look at how generous the Lord is, that he's so generous to his creation that he clothes The lilies of the field in greater uh, array than what Solomon was even clothed in. And so we've learned to not worry that the Lord is generous uh, to all of his creation and we can trust in him. The pagans run after these worldly things of what to eat, drink, and wear, but the Christian is to run after the Lord. which comes into the next uh, cure for worry, which is to seek the kingdom of God in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. You see, anxiety cannot be cured by getting more stuff. It's just going to make us more anxious, especially especially as we try to hold on to all of that stuff. Anxiety is only cured by seeking the kingdom and our King. And verse 33 is a great summary of the Sermon on on the Mount up to this point. Seek the kingdom of God. And that's what this sermon has been about. Uh, This verse is also against the practical atheism that we see uh, within Christians. Of course, formal atheism denies that God exists, which is absurd enough, given that they are made in God's image and atheists know God. Uh, But it's even more absurd for the practical atheist who is the Christian that confesses God but forgets that that God exists. We trust God with our eternal souls, but we can't trust him with our temporal bodies. We trust that God has provided reconciliation at the tremendous cost of his son, and we think he won't clothe us. If he was willing to sacrifice his son, he's willing to give us food and drink. And so this is an appeal to make the kingdom our primary objective. And so we must ask ourselves, do we seek my kingdom, my power, and my glory? Or are we seeking God's kingdom and his power and his glory? We have two choices throughout this section on the Sermon on the Mount. There are two treasures, two bodily conditions, two masters, and two preoccupations, which means that we cannot ride the fence. We must be on one side or the other. So what will it be? Will it be uh, entrusting oneself and being focused on the self that only leads to worry and hypocrisy? Or will we trust in the God who sees all, knows all, and understands all, and loves his children?